Al. Me. You. Me. You. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey. We got some games to talk about today. Yeah, we do. Three games. Three big whole helpings of gam. Nice. That's what they. Uh, that's what they say. Yeah. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello. I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. This is episode 214. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes. We got some games to talk about. We are yeah, still we playing catch up on games we have played over the last like month and a half. Mm-hmm. We got some games that we uh, we did some co-op stuff on, and then a new released game, a 2021 game to talk about this week. Did you know they're still making video games in 2021? What? It's preposterous. It is preposterous. Who would do such a thing? Crazy people. Uh, so we played some co-op games because Game Pass was real cheap, so we both got Game Pass. Mm-hmm. We were like, and we did the, the thing we did last time was like. What what stuff on here is co-op and that we would want to play? <laughs> yep. The uh, the the classic move, as you would say. <laughs> so we played two cooperative games that are on Game Pass currently, or maybe on Game Pass currently. I don't know. They may have just they may have left already. Maybe. Who knows? Not me. Why don't you know? Because I don't know everything. Well, that's a shame. It is. Uh, first off, we played a. A game that is a sequel to a series from like 20 years ago. Oh, actually, like 30 years ago. Forget 20 years ago is like 2000 now. Yeah. It's not 1990. <laughs> it's a terrifying thing to think about. Streets of Rage 4. Yep. It's a game. You beat people up. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's the gist of it. Um, how much knowledge of the Streets of Rage series do you have? Me? Yes, you. Uh, that it exists. Okay. Um, I always confuse the beat 'em ups. I don't. I don't. I don't. What do I know about this? It's not what Final Fight. It is not Final Fight. Mike Hagar is not in this. Correct. That's probably all I know then. Okay. That's about the same amount of knowledge that I know. So, like, when they're going through the story of this, I'm just like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. I had uh, no idea who anybody was. I, I had a vague knowledge of some of the characters. Like, I know, here's what I know about Streets of Rage. Uh, the opening level music from one of the games is very good. Okay. And there was a mod that changed all of, like, the enemy sound effects to the Tim Allen. Who? <laughs> That's that's my extensive knowledge of Streets of Rage. Wow. Uh, so this has been a thing that's been kicking around for about a couple years now. Uh, released by .mu, who have done a bunch of like, kind of like remakes of older titles. They did uh, the Wonder Boy games that they remade. I want to say they did Windjammers question mark yes they did win jammers 
Apparently, they also worked on Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. Sure. Uh, but, like, a lot of the things that they, they do are, like, we take older games, gussy them up, and make them a little bit more modern. Or we just, like, take series that haven't been around for a long time and make new new games in those series. Mm-hmm. This being one of them. Uh, the last Streets of Rage game... Take a wild guess as I look through this. Mm. When did Streets of Rage 3 come out? I don't know if that's the last one, but we'll just go with that being. It was a Genesis I was, game. I was going to say 95. Ooh, close. Kay. 94. Oh, that was my first guess. So like 26 years ago. A long time ago, you might say. Yeah. And they haven't... This is the fourth one. So they're like, man, we just skipped 26 years and we'll come back and do it again. But that's really probably not what happened. Uh, essentially, like, .mu has been doing these, like we said, the these fancy-up versions of older games. They went to Sega be like, and were like, hey, we, we want to do Streets of Rage. And Sega was like, all right, cool. You can do Streets of Rage. <laughs> um... It was also co-developed by a, a developer called Guard Crush Games, which had been doing like a Streets of Rage kind of spiritual successor mm-hmm. called Streets of Fury. So they basically took that engine that they had made for that game and just kind of utilized it for this to make an actual Streets of Rage game. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, there's like older versions of characters from the other games. That's about all I know. <laughs> And then there's a lot of story in this game, but it's a it basically involves you punching a whole lot of people. Yeah. It's a Streets of Rage game. If you played one of these games, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, you, you beat up people and they beat you up too. Uh, I played through this game with the classic soundtrack, so it was just like all Genesis era sounding music, and I was just like, this is real good. So I don't know exactly what the new stuff sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, probably a shame, but like, you know, it's probably good stuff. Like, there's a bunch of like uh, c- uh, people who like did some compositions on this. Like, uh, Yokoshima Moro was on this. I think they also got like some of the people who like uh, apparently the composer who did like the old Ninja Gaiden stuff is on here. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also got like the the composers who did the original Streets of Rage games as well to do, to work on this for a little bit. Which makes sense. Yeah, of course. Um, this game's alright. Yeah. We beat it, it in like two hours. It didn't take us very long. No, I think we also didn't like play it on like harder difficulties, which I'm not going to play a beat em up on harder difficulties. Nope. Um, we're, we're good. And like even though like we didn't really have like a good kind of... We weren't necessarily the audience for this game. Of we being, didn't like, have a good grounding in the yeah, series. Yeah, like it's fine. Yeah. It's just like, hey... Bad stuff's happening. You go beat up these people. That's all you need. And we're like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll go beat up those people. I would I would say this about this game. Okay. I would take this game 100 times out of 100 over the other beat-em-up game we have been playing lately. <laughs> uh, it was not as frustrating. That's no. for sure. It was like, man, this is... This is I, it gets harder as you go along. Obviously, it's a beat 'em up game, but like it wasn't just like let's tear our hair out, frustrating with bad checkpointing and all sorts of just stupid stuff. Which that's a that's a conversation for another day. We will get to that. But yeah. Um. 
but even then, like we played on the easier difficulty and it actually felt like it was fine. Like we, mm -hmm. we still died some, but like we could get through it. We weren't like super, super frustrated. No, it was fine. Um, the other one that we will eventually talk about, we were on the easiest difficulty. We're just like, it's not, it was not an easy difficulty. Um, there is a lot of, I think there's some replayability stuff with this game. Like I think there's like boss rush modes. You can do a versus mode between you and your co-op partner and like all of that kind of ties into like this uh, i think persistent uh leveling not really a leveling system but like score system that allows you to unlock more characters as you go along so like i think by the end of it we unlocked like a genesis version of one of the characters from streets of rage one which is a really goofy thing to do yeah, and like it's really funny and like all the sound effects are just like the streets of rage one sound effects then so it's like real it's 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 a very good thing to have in that game. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a good time if you want to have like a good little co-op thing. I think you can play with more than two people. I would say, I'd assume. Um, there's a wide variety of characters you can choose from, and you know, if you got a couple hours, like you can just knock that out if you want to, or it'd probably take you longer if you're playing on harder difficulties. But like, you know, it's a it's a nice little good time. Mm -hmm. So there you go. I did see like I I don't I'm I would say I'm not that hot on the art style of this game because obviously it's taking sprite based work and kind of modernizing it quote unquote by making it not sprite based like I mm -hmm. saw people do a mock up of let's say Garo Mark of the Wolves two and made it the art style similar to this and God I hated it <laughs> really it looked it, it looked fine. But, like, a lot of the appeal of Mark of the Wolves and, like, that era of fighting games is, like, the sprite work is just amazing looking. Right. And, like, it just ripped out all of that sprite work. It was just, like, 2D art. Mm, I'm like, yeah. Ugh. And people are like, oh, my gosh, this looks so good. I'm like, Ugh. Well, it's not going that direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another game we played mm -hmm. was Overcooked 2. Yes. Uh, these games are very famous for their co-op uh, because of just how chaotic the games get when you play cooperatively. <laughs> Wait, can we go back? Yes. The, the sibling villains in that were really weird. In Streets of Rage 4. Yeah. Not in Overcooked. There's no, no. sibling <laughs> no. villains in that. Yes. I would agree were, with you. They were very weird. And I was like, I'm getting real bad vibes off of you, like some cruel intention stuff going on here, but... <laughs> Yikes. Um, anyway, continue. There you go. There's there's Al's hot take of the week. <laughs> hot take of the week. Uh, Overcooked 2. It is a huh? video game. You you cook. I was an Arwal. You were. I was... I don't remember what I was. A dog? A robot? A cat? Something. <laughs> I, was a, I was a chef. You were a chef, yes. There you go. Uh, like I said, like these are very much like games that are known for like you get you get people together and you play them and it's just chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we only had two people, so it was maybe less chaotic than if you have four people like running around trying to coordinate exactly what you want to do and everything. Oh God, which would be even more chaotic. But like even just with us, it, there was times where it was just like, okay, we really have to like make sure we are on the same page here, doing exactly what we need to in order to get through these levels, or else we are going to fail miserably. Yeah, and I mean, like, we're pretty good at communicating and working together, and, like, once we figured it out, we usually figured it out, but mm 
There was quite there's yep. there's like halfway through the game like it, the difficulty ramps up quite a bit. Not necessarily like yeah. it's like a steep difficulty spike, but it's just like you know the game gets harder and harder as it goes along. But like there was definitely times where like we'd have to go through a level and be like, okay, what are we doing here? Okay, let's just kind of try and discern this, figure it out, and then we'll retry and hopefully we have a better system, a better grasp on what we're doing. And if not, we'll just try and fine tune that here and there and figure out exactly what we got to do. Yeah. Um, so we got to make lots of meals mm-hmm. for the weird little onion man. He's a king with a doggo that you can pet. Yeah, there's a zombie apocalypse happening in this food based kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, let's go out in the middle of the street and make sushi. Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, one of the weirdest things about this game is us, like, just throwing stuff on the ground. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, nobody wants to eat that. Like, you can see it. The people who were feeding on the side of the station, like, they can see us throwing the food on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, eh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, we can eat. It's fine. As long as they get the order right. Um. Yeah, what we got to make pizza and sushi and burritos, Mm -hmm. uh, burgers. What else did we make? Desserts. Desserts. Yeah, we made like cakes and pancakes. Mm -hmm. Did we make anything else? I'm trying to think. There's usually some kind of combination of these things together. Right. Or like go very very wild and be like, make some burritos, make some sushi, make some burgers all at the same time. Yay! So like obviously like the game kind of starts off very normally, like you said, kind of like you're just kind of in a centralized location. It's like okay, we'll make one thing, and just you know you automate it until you basically have it down pat, mm-hmm. and then it'll be like okay, well now you're gonna make two things, and you're gonna have to you know figure out who's gonna do what and everything. All while you have to like you know wash dishes and all that sort of stuff and get plates ready and everything, uh, and then the game will start ramping up and be like, all right, well now we're gonna make this level where you're going, we're gonna split you apart and you have to figure out exactly how to make all this stuff, do everything you have to do while one person has these sets of items, the other person has this set of items, and you have to coordinate in order to figure out how you're going to make everything and the the time limit provided. And also sometimes the kitchen's just on fire. And sometimes things just catch on fire randomly. Yeah. I mean, like, not from fault of our own, although that happened too. But, like, sometimes <laughs> the stage just sets on fire for right. some reason. Or just, like, moving pieces, warp doors, all kinds of shenanigans they threw at us. It's a lot of shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we played through this in a couple sittings. It was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um we didn't really have a terrible time playing it in terms of like difficulty. No, like, um, and I, I thought we we were able to kind of come together a lot better than I would have anticipated because I this game definitely has a reputation for being like tearing friendships apart. Like it's like not necessarily like very much doing that. It's not but, like, Monopoly, but <laughs> it's not Mario Party. Oh yeah, Mario Party will do that. But it's like in that kind of vein. Okay. Um, cause so you're it, like, oh god, is Al gonna be friends with me when we're finished? Yeah, this? it's 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 not yeah, because it's not necessarily like oh we have to work against each other, but like trying to cooperatively work together in the midst of just chaos happening around you. It's like you're panicking and be like, oh god, wait, you gotta do this, this. Uh. 
but we were able to get through it. I think the the worst panicky moments for me were like when we needed dishes. Yeah, that was stressful. Because it's like it's easy to kind of be like, okay, well we can we can work together to get the food out and make everything. But then it's like, oh god, we need dishes. We need dishes. Oh, uh, who's gonna do that? Who 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 can who can grab them? Uh uh uh. And it's like your brain just kind of like just everything you had planned. It just bleh. well, especially because you're on a deadline, and so mm-hmm. like things are needing to go out. And you can assemble them fine, but you have to like stop and go and clean the dishes. Or if the dishes are on one side, the sinks on the other side, you have to coordinate with the other person while yep. they're trying to fix their meals to get the plates to you so you can wash them so you can get them back to them. And mm-hmm. I think plates were the most stressful thing that we had to deal with the whole time. Yeah. It's like I said, I think it's like you could have a game plan of what you want to do, but like once the, the dishes come in, it's just like it throws your game plan out the window and you're just like, okay, well, we have to work on the fly now. <laughs> Or, like, there were a couple levels where it's like, here, have two dishes. Right. And so it's like, it'd, ah! So, be like, okay, this person's got this one out. All right. Well, hopefully we get the next dish or the, the next dish comes back and we can clean it and keep it moving or else we're just going to be standing around and be like, uh. Some of the things you could assemble without the dish, which was good. Yeah. Like, without the plate. Um, But not everything, so... Sometimes I was just like, I'm going to assemble as best as I can, and then we'll move on when we can. Yeah. Um, I think the funniest thing for me about playing this game was that, I think it was after we finished, I was like, by the way, this game is a Mr. Love. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I went to see the date um, where they were playing it to make sure that I wasn't completely like making it up that this game is a Mr. Love. But no, Um they're playing it on the Switch, but in one of Victor's dates, um, him and the the main character play this, and he's, like, giving her orders, and she's panicking because she's, like, dropping stuff on the floor, and he's like, all right, listen, just do exactly as I say. We'll get through this. <laughs> I think they get a star or two stars. I don't remember. They don't get three stars, but... Not as good as us. No, not as good as us, but... Um, like that was that was my main knowledge of this was that it was in Mr. Love. Cuz obviously Mr. Love does not care about copyrights or anything like that. It does not. I don't think it name dro- I don't think it name drops this game. It doesn't. But, but it like, does have the Switch controllers which we put yeah. on Xbox but like it straight up has the Switch controllers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, Mr. Love gives no craps about copyright. I thought it was interesting like cuz we we're just we were the type of people who were like let's get three stars in every level mm-hmm. and like once you get towards the end like the the three star level achievements started becoming rare achievements i was like oh i guess people just like gave up <laughs> past the halfway bark on trying to three star all these levels yep <laughs> which like yeah. understandable because some of them were like oh yeah it got tough sometimes mm-hmm. um but we we got through it. Yeah. And we got three stars and everything. Well, and just like the regular mode, we didn't go right. To the... Like the, the there's like a a harder difficulty that unlocks once you beat the game. And it's like, all right, you know, you can you you have a knowledge of how to do all of this now. Do it even more efficiently. And it's like the scoring uh, for getting three stars is just like so much higher. And it's just like, uh, I think I'll pass. Yeah. Nope. No, thank you. I'm good. Things are already hard enough. <laughs> so yeah, that that's that's a fun game. It was really fun. Um, I quite enjoyed playing it. Yeah. 
had a good time. You know what would have made it better? What's that? If it would have had to have been low volume because otherwise it would get in in the way of instructions. But if you had chaotic soundtracks like my shuffle. Well, that's why you would play it locally, not over the internet. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that with a chaotic soundtrack? I'd be all about that. (laughs) Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) I think this was the first one they put uh, online in because the the first game, I want to say, only had local. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm just imagining making sushi to like Mambo number five or something. And it, it just to me, that's hilarious. It's not like a good time. Also, apparently the sequel uh, added in throwing stuff. So you couldn't throw oh. stuff in the other game. Oh, God. Which sounds I, like that would make things even harder. <laughs> like, how do yeah. you do that? I don't know. But how I wonder, I wonder if the levels in the first game are like, are made not- so like you don't have to throw stuff like you do in this game. Yeah. Because if, if not, that by throwing. If not, that sounds like, oh god, yeah, that sounds very hard. difficult. No, thank you. No, thank you. There were many, many times where there was I was just like throwing stuff across at you, and there was like a pile. Of <laughs> I think like at one point you threw a, like a chicken at me, and I was just like, ah, there's so much chicken. What do I do? And I knocked one off into the water, and we were making the the fried chicken and um, fries. Mm-hmm. It felt really bad because you were throwing it at me. That was another thing. You can make fried chicken and fries. You can make there you go, chicken, yeah. chicken tenders. Uh, yeah, there'd be like times where I'd be like, I think there's a level where like you had one set of ingredients and I had the other. And I'd be like, okay, I need this. Throw me this. Throw me this. Throw me this. And you'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one of the burger levels. Yeah. Because you're like, I need lettuce. I need tomato. I need bun. And I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> you know as you do you know casually yeah that's how that's how that's how that works <laughs> it is when you're the dream team it's true no one better than us nope we're gonna get competitive and be competitive overcooked people yeah no <laughs> we're not that good we uh, might get that good if we trained, but it's true. You know, you're not wrong. Apparently, this team that made this game also are the people behind Worms. What? Yeah. So that's something. I did not know that. Neither did I. Huh. Okay. Ow! I just bit the inside of my cheek. <laughs> I know it was that. That was that dangerous. Also, they they made the Escapist. We played that together. We did. That's interesting. They're just like, hey, here's some crazy games. Have fun. There you go. Casually making games since 1991 for the Amiga. Amiga. That's how you know your company is British. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. There's some fun co-op games that we played. Yeah. Very briefly. Uh, now let's talk about a game that released last week. Mm-hmm. A 2021 video game. Whoa. Can you believe it? Whoa. It's wild. Uh, the final chapter of the World of Assassination Trilogy. <laughs> what a name. What a name. Hitman 3 is out. 
Time to assassinate. That yep, that's exactly what. No, they, they changed the entire gameplay in this one. You don't actually do any assassinating. You just kind of go around and hang out with people. <laughs> <laughs> you do like the hitman that my my grandma hired him and dad and just smoke weed with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna say that, and people are gonna be like, "Excuse me, what?" Because that's, a lot of no, people that's don't know thing. that story. That that's a, a thing. That's a true story. <laughs> My dad that's was too a real cool thing. to be assassinated. And that's what happens in Hitman 3, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Agent 47 is like, oh, man, this guy's way too cool. Can't do it, man. We, this, we smoked a blunt together. <laughs> this capitalistic piece of shit. Oh, we smoked weed together, and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the one weed. The one weed. <laughs> oh, boy. Hitman Which I was 3. thinking about it. I was like, when I text you and ask you, like, oh, hey, are you murdering now? Or whatever. I was, there, I was like, oh, God, you know, the people who monitor cell phones messages all the time, they're going to be like, um. They're going to be very confused by our text over the last <laughs> couple of weeks where we're, like, talking about Hitman and also talking about Yakuza. <laughs> like, they're gang related. They're gang affiliated. Gang. Oh, man. They're going to be super confused. <laughs> Sorry, people who monitor our messages. God. Hope you like our memes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good ones, clearly. I'm just imagining now that there's like a national security agent who goes through our text messages and they like picked up one of the like Anju doing the thumbs up and he just uses that all the time now. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Hitman. Hitman 3. This is uh, the third game in the rebooted Hitman trilogy. The final game of this, or the final chapter of the story for now, because obviously IO is going on to make the new James Bond game. Mm -hmm. And basically, the way this, this game wraps up is very much like, this is the end of the story for now. Um, doesn't necessarily mean they won't come back to it. I think they've said at some point they would like to come back to the series. Um, but for now, obviously, they're going to take a bit of a break and make that James Bond game. But yeah, Hitman 3. Um, it is a video game. A video game? You don't say. Yes. Uh, hot off the heels of Hitman 2, my 2018 game of the year. And then Hitman 2016, which was the reboot that everyone was like, I don't know about this. And then they played it and were like, oh my god, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Hitman 3 it's, if you've played the other two games you kind of have an idea of how this game works you go to big sprawling levels that are have these giant set pieces and then you shoot people or you choke them out or you stab them or you push them off a building or you drown them or you poison them or you do kind of whatever comes comes naturally in the like course of a mission Dropping an antler chandelier. Drop an antler chandelier on them. You never know. You never know. Uh, so yeah, it's Hitman. It plays a lot like the other Hitmans. There's not a whole lot in terms of like gameplay that's different. Like they added in. I think the one big feature is like you get a camera now with you at all times that you can use to like hack uh, electronic locks. Hack your voice, I'm in. Essentially, yeah. So it's, it's an easier way to kind of get, bypass certain things here and there, which is which is interesting. Um, like outside of that, I think like they the mission structure and a lot of the the levels they they really do a lot of like different things with, um, which is 
been, I think, very controversial, weirdly, for this game. Really? At least for people who who enjoy these games. Like, a lot of people think, like, the... Or it's not necessarily a lot of people, but, like, there have been some people who have said, like, oh, these... The way they are doing some of, like, the mission stories makes it too hand-holdy. But, like, if, counterpoint to that, mission stories have been in the other two games. They work basically exactly the same as they did in the other two games. They are, hey, here is a very easy way to get to the target if you want to eliminate them quickly. That's been in the other two games. Like, there's less of them in this game, which is kind of a bummer. Because those have been kind of some of the fun stuff in the other two games. Because there's been a lot of variety. But, like... If you want to go into this game and do freeform Hitman stuff and tackle a mission in whatever way you want, that is entirely still here. So, like, I don't really see the complaint. People got to complain about everything. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, there is a lot more, like, kind of story based into the, the missions, like, of the overall story, which can, I could see that as being a complaint, but, like, also at the same time, again... Some of the stuff that people are saying are, are things that have been in previous Hitman games. <laughs> so, again, I don't know. Uh, but like I said, they do some really cool and interesting things with, like, mission structure. I guess we'll talk about Hitman spoilers here in terms of, like, levels and all that. And then we'll get into, like, the story spoilers, per se. Mm-hmm. But most of the time in the other Hitman games, you know, it's been, like, here's your two targets go get them however you want. Then maybe there's like a, another objective afterwards. Like, Oh, you have to deal with this specific thing. Um, and usually that's only on like a few levels here and there. It's not necessarily a focal point here. Like they kind of just like, they give you the same kind of structure of like, Oh, you have targets and you can, you have to go get them. But then there is the, the Dartmoor level, which is the one where you're in like this British British mansion where one of the mission stories is, there's a private investigator coming to this house to investigate a murder that's happened that you are not a part of. You can dress up as that private investigator and solve the murder in this mission. (laughs) Because sure, why not? I mean, they basically just made a level that's like clue or knives out. That's fun. It is like you get to go around. You have to, you get to go talk to the, the suspects. You investigate their rooms and then you, you have to come like, the person who hired you is your target, and at the end of that, you have to go up to them, or you have a meeting with them, and you lay out your findings. And be like, okay, here's who did this, and here is how I got to this this conclusion. conclusion. And the funny thing is, like, your target will be like, oh, thanks for, do you, thanks for helping me. By the way, I know who you are. I was not, I was expecting you to come kill me, not to help me. Here's this file because you're supposed to get also you have to kill her and then get a file. She'll be like, "What do you want?" And you can be like, "I want this file that you have." And she'll be like, "All right, cool. You can have the file later." (laughs) (laughs) So like that's how I did that mission the first time. Like she gave me the file. She walked out onto her balcony. I snuck upstairs, and then while she was walking out, I shot the moose antler and dropped it on her, and no one was none the wiser. (laughs) 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 It just walked out. I was like, "I'm out of here. See you later." Tragic chandelier situation. Who's it's a shame it just fell. God, so unsafe these days. People yeah. need to learn how to like anchor their chandeliers better. It's a real God. shame. Or like, you know, this is what she gets for putting up a tacky chandelier. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I figured out like a way that cast on. <laughs> God, I've also gone through and done like the other 
um, just done other ways you can kind of do that mission. Like there's just a wide variety of stuff you can do. Like I figured out like a route that I can do a suit only silent assassin, which is like the very like the super stealth way to do those missions where like you don't change your outfit. You come in like the, the basic outfit you come in into the, the mission with. You never get spotted. Um, no one sees your kills or anything. No bodies are found. You get in and get out and no one knows you were there. Stealthy, stealthy. And I can do that level in under 15 minutes. Suit only silent assassin. Wow. But it's probably more fun to solve the mystery. It's 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 real goofy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I think uh people have been speedrunning this game already and like they've got the first level which is of Dubai, which is like a big kind of like skyscraper you have to go through and like has like this huge penthouse and everything. It's very luxurious and all that sort of stuff. People can do that mission in eight seconds. What? I don't know how. I've not seen anyone. I haven't seen a video of it yet, but like that's the thing is that people are like, yeah, we've we were speed running this level and can finish it in eight seconds. Ah. Which is wild. <laughs> uh, that level is interesting. It's a it's a big thing for like the first level because like it really kind of shows off like the the lighting system in this game and everything which looks really good even on like a base PS4 like it looks really really good. Um, but there's like there's a variety of ways you can kind of go about that one where you can like get both of your targets in the same room together and lock it down and just kind of have the, the room with them or you can go and seek out both of them individually where one is like you have to be their bodyguard and I had to like prove I was good I could be a good bodyguard by throwing knives at a moving target off the building and he was like oh good job you did this and then I pushed him off the building oh no <laughs> the other one was like you have to dress up as an assassin which is ironic and you have to basically like prove to this the other dude that you can do your job so you have to like find a journalist and murder him you can murder him quote unquote you can just kind of choke him out and pacify him which is something when you're doing that in a mission in dubai um so like i did that and then i had to like take a picture of the dude and like show out to his like assistant and you're like okay now you can have a meeting with the this guy and talk about this other thing he wants you to do so I did that, and then I poisoned his drink, and he died. And everyone was just like, "Oh, he just collapsed. That's real weird." Oh, are you? Is the meeting done? Oh, let me let me escort you out of the out here so you can get back to the the main party. Oh my god, <laughs> this is real dumb and real good. But like, there's a lot of different ways. That I think there's like different challenges, obviously, because it's been in all the games where like it like kind of incentivizes you to try different things. And like for that level, there's like so many different things that like you can do that I'm very curious about how you can set all those up um so yeah uh the third level is in berlin which is very different from like every other level in this game because all the other levels you have like a handler kind of like telling you like okay here's what this is who this person is when you spot them uh here's this mission story that's coming up that you can do in this level you have no one you are by yourself and the targets you have to get or you have to take out are like other agents and you don't know who they are until like you see them like speak into a, an earpiece. Hmm. So like you're going through and it's, it's like it all kind of takes place in like this like big nightclub. So you're going through this club and everything and you don't know who exactly is the next target until like you kind of just like hang around for a bit and see someone talk. 
So like it's a lot of just like you have to like be like okay who's who's it gonna be who's who do I need to figure out who's gonna t- who am I gonna take out? It's very interesting, and I think it was the one that like that kind of felt the most like the older Hitman games because it's not you don't have really anything to like lead you towards a specific thing. It is very much you have to figure out exactly what your game plan is going to be, how you are going to take out these various people, and then get the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting way to like really shake up the formula considering like none of the other previous games have really had a mission that's been like that. But it was it was real interesting. I'm I'm very curious to go back and like tackle that one again because like there's like 10 targets you can get and I think you only need to get 5 of them and there is a way to get all 10 and that's like a specific challenge and there's a lot of weird ways you can kind of go about taking out these folks. Uh, so I'm very curious to see how that is, especially when you can kind of go back into that mission and have like actual gear. <laughs> Cause like you basically start that mission off with like nothing mm-hmm. and you have to like kind of investigate stuff. But yeah, um, I murdered two dudes in that level by being a DJ. Oh my God. That was a, that was a thing. Did you actually DJ or were you just dressed? No, as I was a- dressed as a DJ and did the DJing stuff. I had to hit the lights time timing on the lights. So it would, get the, the the party amped and the two guys were just like standing on like the catwalk and it electrocuted them nice so there you go nice uh the fourth level is in china I, this might have been my least favorite map but also i think it's because like i didn't do any of the mission story so i didn't really have a good grasp of like how to navigate the level and like the kind of the, the bad part about this level is like both targets are split off into two different locations and they're very different parts of the map that you have to like traverse through and everything. So like it kind of, it feels like you're doing two levels in the, in one. Um, so like it didn't really feel great on my first time through. And then the end of it is very chaotic where you have to like, kind of like get out while there's just a bunch of people trying to find you. And it was kind of hard to discern exactly where I had to go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of times being being like, uh, where where am I where am I going? Until I eventually figured out, I was like, oh, I just go this way, and then I go this way, and then I just get the heck out of here. But apparently, there's like one part of that where like you are doing some weird like, I don't like brain swapping business. What? I don't know. It was very weird. I had to get in a seat with another with the target and he was doing things to like make my arm raise and stuff. And I don't know. It was weird. weird. It was very weird. Uh, the fifth and penultimate mission is in a vineyard in Argentina. Okay. It's a very nice place. Uh, I did the first time I did this. I kind of just like mainlined it very quickly because huh. you can like. You, you'll go into, like, where the party is or, like, outside the party. You find, like, this lawyer who is the lawyer of one of your targets. So I kind of, like, I pushed him over into a garden, took his clothes, took his briefcase, walked in. Everyone was everyone was fine with it. Walked up to this dude's, like, villa and just hung out there until, like, I had to take care of the dude. And then also, like, in the attic of this house was a sniper rifle. So I just took the sniper rifle snipe the other target and then just left (laughs) (laughs) it was like oh okay i went back in there and did it a second time and then like 
this is one of the more story focused uh, uh, missions where like your f- former handler, quote unquote, uh, you have to find her and like help her out, get out of this uh, mission or get out of this area because she's like here for other stuff that's happening in the story. Um, so like one of the, the mission stories is that like you dress up as someone who knows both of the targets and you go on this tour of a of like a winemaking facility and basically you'll like you'll have to like at you can you have the opportunity to ask questions and be like oh can you tell me what this piece of equipment does and i went to this uh like basically it's kind of like one of the big uh what do you call it basically like a storage unit where you would like put a bunch of wine in there i guess and the guy was like, oh, you know, you can look down here and see what all is in here and everything, see how much we can put in here and everything. It's real cool. The The handler lady kind of like takes the, the tour guide and be like, oh, can you can you, sh- can you show me something a little bit like over here, leaving you with the target. And then I just like, I took out a wrench, bonked her on the head and just dumped her into the storage unit. <laughs> nice. And everyone was like, they're like, hey, where'd, you, where'd your friend go? And they were like, oh, business. <laughs> And then the other one's like way more story driven. And I think it, I I might be wrong on this, but like I felt like it was hidden until you do this one, or you do like specific things until you find this. Because mm-hmm. I did, I thought there was only three missions, story missions on here, and then it turned out to be four. I might be wrong on that. I might just miscounted. Um, but it ends up with you having to like infiltrate this very secret meeting where you're a sommelier and you're like oh here is this nice 1945 wine that survived world war ii there's only like five bottles in existence now we're going to we're going to show it to you and everything and like your 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 handler's there and she gets like captured so you have to like go sneak out and like rendezvous with her and like set you set up this plan where like she's gonna act like she's gonna get captured again or like they're gonna like like essentially murder her and you basically like sit you're like sitting there waiting for like her cue where like she's grabbed like a letter opener and then she just stabs your target and then the other guards are like what what and then you have to like shoot a winch to drop a chandelier on one of the other guards and then you take care of the other guard that's with him and then you finish off the target it's very involved way more like story involved than like a lot of the other uh mission stories have been and like I think any of the games really, so like it's it was it was real wild, especially because like you're not the one who's like starting this kill essentially is like your handler is, and it's real wild. Um, and then the final mission is literally you're on a train in the Car- Carpathian Mountains in Romania. This is probably the most controversial level of the game. Really? Because people are like, this isn't a hitman level, and like, what is it then? I think the idea is that it's not like this huge free flowing open world type level like the other levels are. It's like this is very restricted. You're on a train. <laughs> You're on a train. And that's it. Like I get that people can think that, but also like it's very much like this is a stealth mission where you but it's it's a stealth mission, but also the game is like you wanna kill all these other dudes, you can totally just do that. Like no harm, no foul. <laughs> Cause it's all basically people who who have like captured you and are trying to like rebrainwash you to so you make you to make you lose your memories so like all these people are like not not good but like it's like hey do you want to do it this way or do you want to do it this way so like you can stealth your way through this and like 
gather up a bunch of different outfits and everything and sneak your way through and then you eventually find your way to like the guy who's been behind everything in the game and take him out but like it's it's a lot shorter obviously like there's not a whole lot more you can do with it like uh all the other levels have like uh 20 levels of mastery they help you unlock various things that you can kind of do in the level like oh you, you can start at this new location you can have like a new hidden stash at this location uh you'll get like new items here and there depending on how well you level up uh and all of those like i said go up to 20 this level it only goes up to like five because obviously there's just not a whole lot you can really do on a train but yeah. I like it fine. I don't like. I I think because I already I've already mastered level mastered it. I got the mastery level up to five because I did it twice. <laughs> um, I don't think it's necessarily one I would go back to, but like, I think it's an interesting kind of like divergent of a of the idea of what a, a hitman level is, and like I think it still fits into like the kind of idea of what a hitman level is, where you were stealthing around, going through various locations. Even though this is just a train, you're going through various train cars and eventually making your way to your target makes sense mm-hmm. so there you go that's the that's the six levels in hitman um i would assume at some point they'll probably do more dlc because they did dlc for both hitman and hitman 2 i haven't played the hitman 2 dlc levels so i'm very eager to actually go and play those and see oh, what's snap. see what's up in them um i didn't realize that yeah one of them is in a bank in new york oh which is interesting. And then one of them is on like this like weird private island. So I'm very curious to see how those two work out and everything. And also like those all have stuff you can like, if you do those levels, you get items and mastery level stuff for them. So, you know, you're incentivized to go do those as well. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I think level wise, like it's, it's good. Like it's what you would expect from a Hitman game. Like it's, Maybe at some ways not what you'd expect from a Hitman game, especially with how some of these <laughs> levels kind of progress and everything. But like at the same time, it is a Hitman game. It is what I would expect to play from a Hitman game. And it's cool that they have done new things with this. And it, I think it would be more disappointing if it was just like, here's more Hitman and it's just the same as the other two games. Like that wouldn't necessarily be bad, but like the idea that they're kind of like, hey, we're going to try and branch out and do new things with this game. And the last game in this trilogy is, I think, a bold undertaking to do in this series, but also I think it's smart to do because you don't want your formula to get stale and, and like, have people just get burnt out on it very quickly, which I think... I feel like that's kind of what happened with the original series, where people, by the end of it, were just like, yeah, it's Hitman and everything. Um and I think this game is helped as well by coming out in January when there's not a whole there's lot else. Nothing. Yeah, like Hitman 2 came out in like October, November, and that I think hurt that game in terms of like people playing and everything. I wish, I, I feel like this is kind of a, maybe a more majority opinion, but like I wish these games were still episodic because I think that really worked well with how these games operated where you would play a level you would get better at it, you would unlock everything in it, and you would kind of have a really good know of what to do in this level, and then by the time you're done with that, it's basically time for the next level to come out, mm-hmm. and you get to do that all over again, and it keeps this game, it keeps that game fresh in your mind throughout the entire year, instead of being like, you know, you could, you have it in this kind of quadrant of the year, and that's probably going to be it, uh, but like, it, with, with the way Hitman 1 was kind of just like, 
people were unsure of it and if it was actually going to work to Square dumping IO at the end of Hitman 1, Warner coming in and taking over Hitman 2, and then Warner dumping IO at the end of Hitman 2 and <laughs> and IO basically having to publish this game themselves this time. Um I get why you would basically kind of like, hey, let's make a $60 product instead of like a free episode one and then DLC afterwards. Yeah. But like, I, I really liked the idea of like the episodic formula when they did it, but I understand why they wouldn't do it now. But yeah, let's talk about the story of Hitman, which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. So they've basically been ramping up this entire story throughout Hitman and Hitman 2. Hitman 1 kind of has some story, and then like at the end of it, it's like, oh, here's some wild stuff that's happening. And then Hitman 2 is just kind of like building upon that and everything. Um, where essentially in Hitman 1, you're working for a government agency kind of just, you know, as an assassin. Mm-hmm. At the end of Hitman 1, you basically learn about like the Illuminati <laughs> <laughs> and how you have to take them out. In Hitman nice. 2, you reunite with, like, your childhood friend. And, like, who's you... Who's not the Illuminati? Who's not with the Illuminati, and you work together to basically take down everything around you to break up this Illuminati and all this, like, kind of wild capitalistic stuff that's happening. Um, And then, like, at the end of Hitman 2, you... You, uh, you kidnap, like, the one of the main dudes of like this of the big group you're trying to take down providence uh and hitman 3 he escapes very early on so didn't really help but basically hitman 3 you kind of begin with like you're taking down these three kind three pillars of providence and then you're going to be good to go um but that dude escapes he contacts your hand your hander handler there we go third time's the charm hander hander <laughs> he contacts your handler diana and is like Hey, what if you join up with me? We could rebuild Providence and everything. You just got to sell out 47 and everything. Um, so that's kind of like the first mission. And then you go off to Dartmoor to take off and take out another one of the Providence partners. At the end of this mission, you get like a radio transmission from your your buddy Lucas, who's like, oh, they found us. Oh, bad things are happening. Oh, 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 oh. So, like, the cutscene in between this and the Berlin level is, like, 47 goes out to find him and, like, dresses up as one of, like, the militia dudes who are trying to find him. He's, he finds Lucas. Lucas realizes 47's there and is like, no, go. You have to run away. And all the militia dudes are like, oh, ha, 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 jokes, jokes, jokes. And he's like, 47's going about to, like, murder these guys. This is not going to good, be good because they're going to kill him, too. So, he literally just, he commits suicide in front of you. Oh, God. To make sure they don't kill you. Oh, God. Because you, you literally, like, you go to cock your gun, and he's like, nope, nope, nope. Uh, all the while, uh, the the dude you captured in Hitman 2 keeps trying to win over your handler, and he's like, hey, by the way, here's this case file of how 47 murdered your parents. Which, that's the thing they reveal at, like, the end of Hitman 2. Oh. He's like, what if you were the next constant of Providence? Ha ha ha. So once you do the Berlin mission, that's why you don't have anyone kind of around you because your buddy Lucas is dead and Diana's kind of off doing her thing. So like you're just by yourself <laughs> and you have all these uh, ICA operatives after you and you know, you have to take care of them and then 
figure out what's going on in escape uh you meet up with this uh with someone else i don't remember like how you know her I, I, you might know her through lucas and you work with her and you're like all right we got to go to china because the ICA has this data storage facility there. We can use that to wipe out everything that I've done. Also, we can just, you know, upload everything that they have they have done and put it out on the web for the public to know. <laughs> and also, we'll take out these other two dudes, or two folks as well. So you do that, and then, like, there's this big thing that happens on the news, like, oh, the ICA files have been leaked. What does this mean for government agencies and everything? It doesn't mean for government agencies. It means bad things. <laughs> uh, Diana joins up with uh, the dude you kidnapped in two, and he and she betrays you because she's like, he's like, hey, what what's forty seven's weakness? And she's like, I know his one weakness. It's me. So she lures you out to the vineyard in Argentina, and she's like, hey, we're going to dismantle Providence from the inside. We're going to work together. We're going to figure this out and everything. So you take out the two targets there. And then you go to like dance with her at the end and she's like, all right, we're going to go meet me at this place at sunset and we'll, we'll get out of here. You meet her up there and she's like, oh, by the way, just kidding. And all these agents come out and swarm you. And she like activates this like weird toxin that's in you that like spreads through touch and like just paralyzes you. Oh God, that's rude. It's very rude. So, like, that's why you end up on the train is because mm -hmm. the Providence people are literally taking you to get brainwashed and become a super soldier. Mm. So you literally, like, wake... You have, like, this dream sequence where, like... It's... This dream sequence is actually very wild because it's, like... Here is Agent 47 internalizing betrayal and everything and how he's having an emotional reaction to it. <laughs> When he is just, like, the most emotionless person imaginable. <laughs> but, like, they, I think they've done a good job throughout, like, this entire series of being, like, making that character an actual character and not just, like, he's the hitman. Right. He's the emotionless dude who can become anyone. Like, he has, like, feelings now and is wild. <laughs> but that's good. It, it totally is. It's just, like, again, from the beginning of the series not what you would expect to come, expect, yeah. come out of at the very end so like he's having this very like lucid dream of like he's thinking like oh here's diana betraying me and everything and how like i feel terrible about this because i couldn't stop and everything and then like he he thinks of lucas who's like hey you can still figure out a way to get out of this and everything like you just have to snap out of this and you know get to work so like you eventually wake up and like you have like all like the hospital pokey proddy stuff on you and everything and that's how you have to like sneak through the train and everything and eventually do you have to do the uh like stereotypical like rip all the no things okay good. you leave them stuck on you ah! <laughs> i don't know which is worse until you eventually change alphas and then he's like you know he dressed like someone else uh eventually you know you get to the head of the train that's where the dude the dude is who's behind all of this and he's like oh I guess you're here. What if I thought we're making this serum so you could forget everything? What if you did that? And 47 was like, no, <laughs> not interested. So he just like, all right. The dude like turns around, looks at the mirror. It's like, all right, well, you got to do what you got to do. Do what you do. It leaves you like this option where like there's the serum that he was going to use on you. You can use that on him or you can just straight up murder him. So the first option I did, I took the serum, injected him with it, 
wiped his memories. So he has no idea who he is, what he does. Like he, he's like, he eventually kind of like comes out of it and is like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. What, what were, were we having? Were we talking about something? I, I cannot remember. And 47 is like, don't worry. We were just finished. Literally oh, walks no. out, busts a glass open and just like stops the train, walks off the train. And like the final shot before credits is him walking along the train tracks. Wild. Having defeated all of Providence, essentially. The the post credits is uh you eventually uh you see Diana who is burning a bunch of stuff. Um there's a bunch of news articles that like all these CEOs are resigning from their positions because of of weird pattern is happening. Can't imagine why. What? She takes the case file of her parents' death, throws it in the fireplace, along with like the Providence badge she had. And then you cut to a year later and you see 47 walking through a snowy forest. Um, and he calls Diana and he's like, hey, we're getting back in the business. <laughs> Cause, and she's like, hey, you got you to gotta realize no one is going to be untouchable. And he's like, <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> Amazing. Because there's going to be bad people in power that they're going to have to take care of. Yeah. And who better to take care of it? How old is he? I don't... Hang on. Let's see if this Wikipedia page tells me. Because obviously like there's been various versions of... Right. 47. But I don't know if they say or not in this version... Boop. <laughs> all is, I think a lot of this is like here's what from the early games mm. he's 12 years old I'm <laughs> kidding I'm kidding <laughs> Let me see if like a fan wiki has better information. Help us know how old he is. Internet. Come on. <laughs> Nationality, a bunch. <laughs> a bunch. All right. Helpful. Oh, God. This wiki page is like, oh, let me struggle to load. Oh, no. Because things are bad. This says he is 56 to 57. Really? But again, I don't know if that's like older game chronology or if that's also in this game or what. Right. So I couldn't tell you. Hmm. Interesting. Now I know. Uh, even though members of from IO have said that Agent 47 is timeless, never aging, doing simple subtraction from his birthday to present day and Hitman shows he is actually 55 years old and is still aging. And still aging. <laughs> Just in I case like you were unaware. I like that they needed to clarify that he's still aging. Like, thanks, I guess. My man's still aging. I mean, aren't we all? So yeah, he's like old-ish. <laughs> it's like my mom's age. Yeah. I think my mom's 59, but still. Like, Wild. Oh, also, he he tells Diane at the end of the, the game, 
he no longer is Agent 47. He doesn't go by that name anymore. What does he go by? He doesn't say. He's He's got to be very secretive. Yeah. But yeah, that's the end of the, the, the trilogy of the World of Assassination. It's I think it's a that's a really good way to kind of wrap that story up, of mm-hmm. just like you know you you take out the baddies that you need to be t- you take out and then Agent Forty Seven is like you know I'll, I'll get back to work eventually a year later but like and also you know like I said leaves the door open for like hey if we want if IO wants to do more in this franchise they have totally left the door open for them to do more in this franchise yeah it's smart to do because like. If the world will tell you anything, people in power will do stupid stuff. Yes. So there you that go. is that is correct. Very, very correct. But yeah, like I like I said, I think I like this game probably a lot more than some people do. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a lot of Hitman and like it really it, I have gotten back into that mood that I I really didn't get into with Hitman 2, weirdly enough, but like I did with Hitman 1 where I'm like what if I get level 20 mastery on these levels? What if I unlock everything? Because, <laughs> man, playing this game is real good. I mean, that's good, though. Yeah. I'm glad that you're liking it. Or liked it. I don't know if it is technically... You'll still play it. Yeah. Because I want to... I still have, like, a, some, some mission stories and the levels to do that I haven't done yet that I want to check out and see what they do and everything and just see some of the weird stuff you can do in those levels and all that fun, fun goodness. Um, yeah. I feel like this again, continually makes me excited for their, their bond game they're making. Mm-hmm. Cause if it's just plays like this and you get to do like weird, like, I don't know, dialogue stuff by being bond. Like that seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I would say that like there is some controversial stuff about this game, which is mostly oh. around the PC uh, oh. side of it, where Hitman Three is an Epic exclusive, mm-hmm. and then like a week before the game launched, they were like, "Hey, by the way, you can't import your levels that you bought on Steam into Hitman Three. What if you repaid yeah. us or paid more, repaid what you paid for those games and bought them again?" Uh, I think eventually, like, they're kind of sorting that out to where it's not going to be a thing. I don't think that's sorted right now. I think a lot of it kind of comes from the fact that Hitman 2 did not show up on Epic because Mm -hmm. of whatever publishing deal they did with Warner. And since Warner isn't a part of this game, but they all allow you to import Hitman 2 into Hitman 3 and also Hitman 1 and Hitman 3, Warner was probably like, hey, we want money for that. We got to get ours. Hmm. So I think something happened, business business happened along the way is to kind of supposedly alleviate that, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily fixed fixed yet. Um, also, there was a thing where, like, if you wanted to import your Hitman 2 save into Hitman 3, if, specifically if you want to go, like, different platforms, so, like, you wanted to go from Steam to Epic or PC to PlayStation or PlayStation to PC, vice versa, whatever, there was like a website you had to go to to do that and like that website was like very broken on on the launch day and if you wanted to have all that stuff into Hitman 3 and also wanted to play Hitman 3 you couldn't play Hitman 3 because if you played Hitman 3 before doing that and then did all that stuff after it wipes all your Hitman 3 progress oh yikes so that was the thing not good 
Yeah, so like I didn't have, I personally didn't have any of those problems because I played it on PS4. I did the the transfer stuff like a couple days after, so I didn't have a problem with the website. So my experience was obviously a lot better than a lot of other people's experience, but that's not to say that like there was not launch issues with this game on certain platforms to say. Yikes. Yeah. Well, that's... Ugh. It's not good. No. Yikes. But hey, outside of that, the game, the actual game's good. <laughs> Yay! Yay. That's exciting. Just think, you could play this on your Nintendo Switch. Uh, wild. Which is, I think it's one of the, the cloud versions. Like one of those cloud games that they've done, like... Like, I know they put Control out on Switch, and that's what that is. Which I actually played. I played the demo of that cloud version of Control. It's actually not bad. Really? <laughs> like, it. here's the weird thing. Because it's the cloud version, so it's not really running on Switch hardware, it might run better than it did on my base PS4. <laughs> oh, wow. Because it actually gives you, like, uh, performance options of, like, do you want this to look better or do you want this to run good? Yeah. Like it's like like it's on like a PS5 or a PS4 Pro or something like that. So like that's real wild. So I bet like that the the Hitman 3 version of that also runs pretty well. I haven't tried it or anything. I think it gives you the tutorial level from Hitman 1 as the thing you can do. But mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you have internet obviously, that would be a interesting way to play that game if you have only a Switch or something. Um but yeah. The game's everywhere else. So It's Hitman. Hitman. The Hitman is good. I'm glad to hear that. He goes pew pew. Pew pew or kabam. Or punch punch. Punch your buns. Punch your buns. <gasps> All that and more. Yay. So there you go. That's Hitman 3. That's two games we played. That's the whole enchilada. Mm, enchiladas sound good right now. <laughs> I read a store. I read an image uh, that was a meme, kind of a meme, but it was of John Cena uh-huh. on the set of that Suicide Squad movie he's in or whatever. I don't know. He was in one. He's in one of them. I don't know, like the new one or something. He was talking yeah. about how he was in a shot that he had to eat an enchilada uh-huh. or maybe it was an empanada. One of those two. Uh-huh. It was an N-word. A nada. N plus Anada. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I, I ate this really well the first, first shot because I really wanted to look really good. And then we had to keep shooting, so I had to keep eating. And then, oh, God, I ate 37 of them. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you eat 37? Because they had to keep shooting. And like, I think the director was like, did you throw up afterwards? And he was like, if I ate another one, I probably would have. <laughs> Oh my but god! But I had to like penguin waddle out of the, out of the out of the the set and just like rip the costume off to feel relief. That's so many. It's a lot. Oh man, I don't I don't I don't know how to how to handle that. Look, he had hustle, loyalty, and respect for all that food. What? He said, "Never give up" to that food. Those are all his like wrestling catchphrases. Oh, okay. There you, you go. know, I don't know that. He said, "You can't see me, food. <laughs> put me in. Let me put you in my belly. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with an attitude adjustment, aka an fu. 
Wrestling. Yep. There you go. Anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode of the pod. So if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.Cools where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Anime Checkup and Jared Now Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you want more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Yay. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup. Buy our books, One Shiny Moment of Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza. Get access to bonus episodes, unedited versions of the podcast, fun stuff like We've got that. Some really cool Patreon episodes that we're going to do soon-ish. Yes. We just got to record those. Yeah, but I'm saying like something to look forward to. A little tease, if you will. Yeah. Uh, next week, we'll talk about more stuff. Yep. Whatever it will be, it will be. Insightful. <laughs>